Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Clutch Conversations. It's your boy, Mike. We back at you one more again, live on a Thursday night, man. I hope y'all doing good. Hope everybody's feeling good, feeling great, man. Happy to be here, man. We got an exciting episode on the lineup for you. We'll get to that in just a second. But first and foremost, shout out to my lovely wife, Takara. Appreciate everything you do. Y'all make sure y'all show some love in the comments, but don't stop there. Show the channel some love as well. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and make sure you Hulk smash that notification bell so you can get a notification each and every time we drop a video. Shout out to the audio only game as well. Audio recordings of Clutch Conversations are available on all major podcasting platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So when you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform, please be sure to follow rate and review. It really helps us out. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the support. Speaking of support, if you're involved in this reptile hobby in any shape, form, or fashion, make sure you're supporting USARC and USARC Florida. The links for both organizations are in the description of this video. If you're not a member, definitely go grab your membership. If you're able to donate, please donate what you can and make sure to spread the word about both these organizations that help protect our rights as reptile keepers. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to show some love to the sponsors. Shout out to the homie Shane. Shout out to the homie Justin. We'll be right back. Big dreams start in small towns. Small Town Exotics is a family-ran business that specializes in high-quality ball python morphs, western hog noses, and select leopard geckos. They are proud members of USARC, USARC Florida, and the Orient Society. Stay connected with Small Town Exotics on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Witness their journey as they grow their business and showcase their animals to the world. Thank you, Small Town Exotics, for sponsoring the show. Shout out to the sponsors. Appreciate your support. Let's see who we got in the chat tonight. Blakers Pythons, what's good, fam? Appreciate you coming out. Appreciate the support. Roll 5.0, what's good? Wiz Tang Clan in the building. What's up? What's up, fam? Sammy, what's good, bro? Appreciate you coming out. Appreciate the support. Y'all make sure y'all check Sammy out on Holly's show. Uh, I believe it's next Wednesday at 7.30 Central Time. Y'all make sure y'all slide through and show some love. Appreciate you coming out, fam. Eric's more factory. What's good? Appreciate you coming out. 352 in the building. What's good, Brian? Appreciate you coming out, fam. 
Wiz Constrictors in the building again. What's good, bro? Appreciate you coming out. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the support. Scales, fins, and feathers. What's good? Appreciate you coming out. Man, Freddie, what's good? More Valley Reptiles in the building. The big homie Rock, what's good? Appreciate you coming out, fam. The Sultan of Support himself, Bosa Reptiles in the building. Appreciate you coming out, homie. See who else we got. Bone Daddy Serpents, what's good, fam? Appreciate you coming out. Appreciate the support. See who else we got in the building. Lindsay, what's good? Clutch Conversations alumni. Appreciate you coming out. Mark, what's good? Brotherhood Exotic Morris. Appreciate you coming out. Appreciate the support. Jason, what up, fam? Appreciate you coming out. Appreciate the support. Ken, what's good, bro? Appreciate you coming out. Appreciate the support. See who else we got. We're going to stop it right there with Holly. What's good? Let's go. Appreciate you coming out. Appreciate the support. We're going to kick the intro. We're going to be right back with the guests. You listen to me, I got that flavor. I know you're dying to feed. I ain't no dancer, just got some hip in my feet. Now throw your hands up. Ooh, you bring the lighter, I got the fuse. You make a fire, I'll add the fuel. Follow my lead, just watch the shoes. Episode 90, Grey Rider Reptiles. What's good? What's good, bro? How you doing? What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on, man. Been looking forward to it. Of course. Yes, definitely. Cool, cool. So real quick, man, uh, give everybody your elevator speech. Charlie, Grey Rider Reptiles, uh, ball python keeper, breeder, uh, and do a little genetic testing on uh, ball pythons. Nice, nice. I definitely want to do a deep dive on the genetic testing, um, but we'll say that to later. Let's talk about the ball pythons a little bit. How long have you been in the ball python game? Uh, breeding two, a little over two years. This will be my third season breeding, um, but I've ha I had a ball python in the 90s, um, you know, from pet store in Brooklyn, just full of mites, you know, horrible, but, uh, you know, kept it in a big aquarium thing never ate but there was no you know youtube or any of that then to figure anything out so you got to go based on what the guy in the store is telling you who doesn't know what he's talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> um and then probably in the 2008 around that time i bought i got it i found like fauna classifieds and king snake and I was like, oh, there's some more morphs, you know. I, I bought a couple like head albinos, spider, pastel, had a few. I was gonna breed them, but wound up selling them all and not doing it. And then just yeah, like almost two and a half years ago, maybe I, I got I bought my 
first uh, couple of snakes again, and uh, it just kind of uh, snowballed. Gotcha. So back in like '08, I think you said you mm -hmm. remember what, like the head albinos and stuff we were going for back then. I remember I bought a 66%. I went to the, I used to go to the White Plains Reptile Show in uh, Westchester, New York. And uh, I remember I saw an albino and I'm like, oh my God, that's awesome. I was like, I got to get one of them. And I was like, no way, I can't afford one of them. And uh, so I bought a 66% head albino. It was probably a normal. <laughs> and uh, that was a female. No, that was a male. And actually bought a head albino female. I want to say it was only, it was probably only a few hundred bucks. I mean, I didn't have a lot of money to spend, and I can't see myself spending a ton of money. But I remember I bought a pastel female that was about 600, 700 grams for $700. Okay. Back and they used to do like a dollar a gram. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, I bought a male spider. I want to say he was probably about five, 600 bucks or something like that okay okay were you thinking about breeding at the time yeah or? yeah i saw the uh a bumblebee and i was like oh my god i gotta make one of them and uh we lived uh, in a condo in westchester me and my wife and she was my girlfriend at the time and we were in 2010 we got married and we're planning the wedding and everything and i had this homemade melamine rack in my kitchen and she was like we can't we can't have this anymore like come when we get a house when we get a house you could get snakes again and i was like all right so i sold them all and we got a house and i she didn't let me get snakes in the house and we got another house didn't let me get snakes i didn't really ask about it it was kind of like you know an afterthought but then about three years ago i built this big like workshop on my property and uh i was like man i could probably keep a snake up here I was like, nah, I'd have to keep it heated. And so I built a little like kind of closet type thing that I had its mm -hmm. own heating insulation. And I had like two or three ball pythons in there. And then I was like, ah, oh, I, I got to make this bigger. And so I built a whole room in my workshop that is finished and it's just a snake room. So nice. nice. She don't care. I could do whatever I want up here. She don't give shit. <laughs> so what was it that kind of like drew you back in like this most? Uh, we went to, cause now I live outside of Albany, New York. Okay. And we brought my son who was probably one years one. We brought him to the Saratoga reptile show and I'm looking around, I'm like, Oh my God, look at all these new morphs that are out. Like, this is crazy. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, ah, you know, and then I couldn't believe the prices. I remember a dreamsicle back in the day. I was like, Oh my God, I would love to have one of them, but they were thousands and thousands of dollars and i see one for like it was like 800 bucks or something like a thousand bucks or I, I was like oh my god i'm like all right i'm not gonna buy one now but i'm gonna go home i'm gonna do a little more research but i'm getting back into this <laughs> <laughs> so i did i came home and i just dug in and found all the youtube channels now that everybody has and you know i knew about morph market already you know okay blue moon I, I remember like i would I would stumble upon it, but never really dug into it like I did a few years ago. And, uh, you know, then you start meeting people. You buy a couple, then you start meeting people, talking to people. And, you know, it's like a, you know, community. And it's just something I want to continue doing. So this was what, 2020 ish? It was like the tail end of COVID. So when I, yeah, okay. like 2020, 2021, something like okay. that. Gotcha. Um, 
because it was like the first show that after COVID was over that they had. And I was like, all right, let's go. Gotcha. We had to wear a mask at the show and everything, I remember. And, uh, but yeah, that it was probably 21, I guess, then. Gotcha. That's how my first couple of shows uh, was because we started in 2020. And so, like, the first show we went to was probably like summer of 2020, like maybe July. It was a Jacksonville mm-hmm. show, it was a Rupticon. And so it was at the time when um they were doing like the two hour blocks, like you buy a ticket for like a two hour block. Right. right. X amount of people can come in at once. Mm-hmm. You can only come in during that two hour block. It was all messed up and stuff like that. And then that August we went to Daytona and that was like the second show. And they didn't have the blocks, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. No, they didn't have the blocks, but it was still um mask and stuff like that. So right. yeah. yeah, all my first show experiences was like with masks yeah. and the COVID and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, I didn't realize that like so many people had got into it during COVID until way later. And I'm like hearing about COVID breeders. What are they talking about? Market boom during COVID. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess all these people had money and they were staying home. And you know, I, I had no idea. It wasn't on my mind at the time. <laughs> I was still working. You know, I I I, I wasn't sitting home. But cool. So uh back then when you first got back in like this kind of like last round mm-hmm. is you're checking like out a bunch of youtube videos and stuff like that so who were you uh uh checking out um what's that guy's name he's not around anymore uh oh man he's kind of kind of goofy guy uh, hard uh, hard yeah chris hardwick yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i ain't gonna lie i checked him out early on too i ain't gonna lie he like, was hard. probably the first one <laughs> that i found and uh, and then I found um, uh, I don't even I'm trying to think, like Canova. Well, it was J- Justin Kabilka, and I heard the name throughout my years, and then I you know found his stuff, and I started looking more, and then it just everything like you know I, just everybody pops up, and I tried to watch every one of them, but I specifically remember the Chris Hartwick ones, watching them like and like in the chats like that was my first time like ever hopping in a chat or anything like that with yeah. a bad guy <laughs> yeah I never, I never hopped in like live chats i didn't realize he did that yeah okay yeah so i watched a lot of chris hardwick um at the beginning like his recorded videos or whatever mm-hmm. like the ones where he would like pull up morphs right on, right on morph market yep. world of ball pythons and stuff like that and, like, literally like when you search ball python on youtube it was his videos yeah yeah that was it that's who yeah. i found like you know he was up top, you know. Yeah, all the time. And especially like for the stuff that I was looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was another one too, I forget, uh, that I watched quite a bit at first. Um, Olympus Reptiles, I think it yep. is. The guy yep. with the purple shirt. Yeah, he's still on. Yeah. I watched that. Um, um, I can't remember his name, but um, I watched that a few times, a lot mm-hmm. at, at the beginning too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously start coming across folks like uh Canova at the time when I first got in, it was JKR, yep. but uh Ozzy, all the big names and stuff like that. And I feel like Miguel too was like Miguel, the yeah. first couple, like he was always up high on the on the list in YouTube. Um, you know, his was a few a bunch of them I was looking at. And, um but yeah, I don't really remember everybody. I just remember just sitting up watching them like crazy. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Devoting a lot of time, a lot of time. So um when you first got back in and you start like building your collection, 
were you thinking in terms of like building a collection? I want this project base, or were you buying more like animals that you like? Like, what was your strategy at the time? The first two I bought were breeder sized, male and female, not okay. proven, but they were breeder sized, and they were just what was it, a leopard pastel to a pastel Mojave. I bought them. I was like, oh, let me see if I could do this, and. And the first season and it worked right away i had like six perfect eggs everything was great i was like this is so easy <laughs> uh, but and then the first snake after that i bought was a coral glow head clown female hatchling from justin and then because i really liked the core his coral glows were always just so crazy looking compared to like all the other bananas i saw and everything and i was like oh that'd be really cool because coral glow clown was so expensive even a couple of years ago and uh, so that was one thing. And then even in the beginning, though, I did say, like, I would talk to people like, I'm not getting, I'm not buying clowns. I'm not buying a bunch of clowns. Everybody has clowns. I'm not doing it. And then you can't help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew I liked the dark stuff. So that's when I kind of started going, getting into the acid stuff and okay. things like that. Um, and candy, candy and uh, pies, because I always wanted a dreamsicle. But then I saw everybody had dreamsicles and I was like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to do what everybody's doing. Then I found out I, Sal Gomez's YouTube I saw and it was, he had all this candy stuff. And I was like, oh, there's not as many of them out there as there is lavender albinos. Let me get into that. So I bought a bunch of candy head pies, uh, pied head candies, things like that. And um, so that's still a pretty decent amount of my collection is the candy clown pied stuff that i have okay nice nice um this is your what third season this, this is my third pairing season coming right now yeah. coming up okay and how did last season go how many clutches did you have i i was ex i bred for like 10 or 11 and i think i got six one slugged out completely that was my most anticipated clutch what was, was it? It was my super Wookie Acid to a clown. Ooh, ooh. Um, so I was really hoping to make Wookie Acid heck clowns and nine slugs. I was devastated. Ah, that's a uh, good match. Yeah. And two girls just, they grew follicles and then reabsorbed. Um, but Are you yeah, running that back? What's that? Are you going to run that pairing back? Or are you going to do something different? I sold the super Wookie acid. I do. I do have one of his babies though. Um, I was a Wookie acid heck candy. Okay. So I'm going to get that into the candy clown pie stuff. But, uh, and I have, I had a black pastel blackhead acid boy that I bred and I kept some of his babies, but I sold him as well mainly because the genetic testing has been taking up so much of my time that I really, really am trying to keep the collection as manageable as possible. Um, so a lot of snakes I sold that I really didn't want to, but planning and thinking and I'm like, it's not worth it. I should sell these and just buy something, with, you know, multiple genes and, you know, just m double visuals, you know, visual hats, things like that. Um, just to try to keep a smaller, but more high-end collection just because I, I just don't have the time. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so how many clutches are you shooting for this upcoming season? Not that many. I probably, if I get lucky, I'll probably do the same like six to eight because I sold a lot of my 
breeders um, just because I, I didn't need them anymore. There was nothing else to do with them. And, you know, I sold that and I bought a lot of hatchlings. So this year is not going to be big, which is fine. I, I, I know I, I'm building the other side of the business and everything right now, so it's fine. Um, but in two years when all these hatchlings that I invested in recently grow up, then it'll be a different story. So, you know, I, I like things happening quick. I don't like to, I don't have much patience or anything. So it was very hard for me to <laughs> go back and just buy hatchlings all over again. Um, and, you know, cause I don't want to make snakes that I'm going to have to sit on or just contribute to the, to the 50,000 of them that are on morph market that aren't selling because they're, everybody's making them. So I, I don't, I'm like, I don't need that. You know, I don't want to, spend the time trying to sell a hundred dollar two hundred dollar snakes all day so you know I, I made the decision to get rid of a lot of the older stuff and just kind of start fresh with a lot of younger things i still have all my candy pied and cl candy pied clown stuff that'll be going for me this year hopefully make some cool candy clown hip pieds things like that um but other than other than that i don't really have oh i still have two clown females that'll be going to a bongo that are already pairing to a bongo ghi head clown male okay that's nice so i'll make some stuff right. like that but yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kill myself this year trying to go for a million clutches yeah that makes perfect sense that makes perfect sense and there's actually a good segue uh into the genetic testing so give us a little bit of background about how you got into the whole genetic testing space and what that process of getting into it looked like for you. So background on me is I have no science. My scientific background is computer science. I have a computer science degree. That's it. I have no biology besides what I took in college or anything like that. Um, but I like to learn things on my own, no matter what it is. Um, Anything I am interested in, I have to know how it works. And if I can make it myself, I do it. Even though I could buy a perfectly complete finished product, I'd rather spend the time in the workshop or in my garage building it and researching. The research is kind of what what gets me going, like is like being a digging in and actually learning and finding how things work and seeing if I could actually do it. Uh, I see Phil calls me a nerd. He's <laughs> just as nerdy as I am, if not worse. Um, but uh, so, I, yeah, that's like how I am. So it was a few years ago when Dr. Hannah Seidel was on Brian Rivera's Samson Snakeatorium, his show, and she was talking about how she's doing genetic shed testing. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, that's that's awesome. Like, because I in my head, even before then, I was like, well, I wonder if like there's a way to figure out if ones are really het or not dna wise or whatever but never really thought that deep into it and then she came out I was like wow i'm like i wonder if there's any way i could do this at all and i was i always told myself there's no shot like you this you're not a scientist you're not a doctor you can't do this but anyway that night i went on google and i fell in a rabbit hole and i uh started researching then on and then i slowly built up confidence and saying like all right i'm kind of getting this like I, i'm figuring out how this works and but then it was like, all right, wait, can I afford the equipment, you know, to do this? So even more research and I found some affordable equipment. Um, it was still, you know, a decent investment that I didn't want to make if I wasn't sure it was going to work. You know, I didn't want to spend thousands of dollars on equipment and reagents and then it just be a complete bust. 
and nothing happened. But so that's why I did like probably six months of research before I even purchased anything. Um, then I finally was like, I, I, I could do it, you know, I, and I bought everything and probably another six months of screwing up and figuring it out and talking to a million different real scientists and websites and YouTube and trial and error, blowing through tons of money on reagents and shipping these things on dry ice. And, you know, it, it cost, it was expensive learning process. Um, but then I finally kind of figured it out and I got it. And, and I still, at that point was only testing my sheds and other people close, you know, people in the industry sheds. And then once I knew it was really working, that's when I was kind of announced it. And I never thought it would get to even where it is now. I thought it was just going to be whatever. If I, if I could test a couple a, a week, that'd be cool. Or like, you know, if I could do eight or 10 a week, that'd be sweet. You know, just to pay back myself for all the money I spent initially, that's what I was hoping for. And then just test my, my own stuff and friends and here every once in a while, maybe people will pay me to test theirs. And then it just, I don't know how, but it just kind of blew up. Nice. Um, yeah. Especially then when I got the clown and the cryptic test, it, I, I knew it was going to be busy after that, but I did not expect it to be that busy because those were genes that were already out there. What's up, Terrence? Um, so I didn't think that, you know, everybody was going to be sitting on all these clown sheds waiting for me to get it. And they were like, so the day I announced it, like I, I, I got tons and tons and tons of orders and I was like, okay, they'll trickle in like, cause people got to wait for their snakes to shed. No, people had, they had <laughs> like, so the next week I got bombarded with sheds. I was like, I had to go out and get a PO box, like out my, you know, cause my mailbox was just stuffed with shed. <laughs> I, I ran out of reagents like the, after like the first week, even though I bought so many extra, like I, I was like, sorry guys, it's going to take another you know, week. I, I ran out of, you know, stuff. I have to order it now. Um, it, it, it was, you know, it was nice though, like to see that people were actually hoping that I would get it and waiting for me to get it. And then, you know, trusting me to test their snakes so so what all equipment and supplies like you spoke to the reagents like what exactly does that do and like what other kind of supplies and then what's like the main piece of equipment that you spoke so to the, the main piece of equipment is a thermal cycler so it's something that it does the pcr so the polymerase chain reaction so it's when you after you extract the dna from the shed you mix it with certain primers that basically find the location so let's just say albino i have specific set of primers that i have to mix in with some other things and the dna and when i put it in that thermocycler it does cycles like heats up cools down heats up cools down different temperatures for about an hour and a half to two hours it does that and during those cycles these primers basically tell attached to the location for albino and multiply it and take one one piece of that DNA and make billions of copies of it. And then from there, that's when you could either run it on a gel, gel electrophoresis, and you could check based on the bands, or you ship it out to another lab and they sequence it. And then they send you back like a graph. And then you'd look at the graph and you look for that specific location for albino, where it should be. And if it is het, 
it'll have one copy of the albino gene, one copy of the wild type gene. If it is a visual, it'll just have the, the albino gene. And if it's nothing except normal, it'll just show the wild type gene. Um, so, you know, that's, that's pretty much how, how that works. But yeah, the thermal cycler is pretty much the main piece of equipment that's used because you also use that for the DNA extraction. Um, you have to incubate the, to shed in certain chemicals for a certain amount of time in that to release the DNA out of the cells. Um, then you need things like centrifuge, like, you know, the things that you put the tubes in and they spin really fast. A vortex. Oh, my God, no. that. <laughs> yeah. A vortex that, you know, shakes and mixes things really well. Um, and then a gel electrophoresis machine where you make a gel and you put it in this machine and you there you make little wells and you put the DNA into the each well, close it up, press power, and then slowly the lines show up. Um, so that's another piece of it. Um, and then tons and tons of like tubes because you and and tips for those pipettes you, you only use everything once so you mm. when you pick you know you get something in the garbage in the garbage in the garbage so you don't take into account how much money you're spending on plastic consumables um be it the tubes or the pipette tips uh everything you know gotcha um, yeah. And you mentioned early on, like you kind of went through a lot of stuff, just kind of like through a trial and error process. Like what exactly was going wrong in the process? So even in the beginning, in my mind, I thought that everything that Dr. Seidel put out, you could do on a gel. So like I'm trying to test my snakes for head albino and nothing is working right. Like I'm testing known thing and nothing is working right. So I call the company I buy the equipment from. I'm like, hey, this isn't working right. I'm doing everything that says like what. And they were nice enough to be like, can you send me what you're following, what scientific papers you're following up on? And I sent them and they're like, oh, no, you have to sequence this as well. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Well, how much is one of those machines? They're like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I just wasted all this money because I'm not going to be able to spend all that money on one of them. It's like, no, you could just ship it out to a company and they do it. And but that really took the wind out of my sails because I thought everything was just going to be boom in house, quick for everybody. But then I found out that when you pay these companies to do that, the turnaround time is usually 24 hours. You know, you if you overnight ship a bunch of you know samples to them, they'll usually have results back the next night. Um, so it, it wasn't that bad. But uh, finding those companies, setting things up with them, to, you know, it all took time, and just trying to talk to scientists that have no idea about snakes and the snake genetics and explaining to them what I'm trying to do is like, <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, it was just, so I'm, I would sit on lives like this with scientists in labs and I'd be pulling out snakes, like, see, look, this is a pie ball, you know, and, and, and just trying to get them to understand what I'm trying to do. So it, it was, it was definitely tough. So was it like, contacts at like universities and stuff that you were working with or was it like mostly private private labs mostly private labs okay yeah mostly private labs you know dr seidel she's a very busy woman so she she helped me when she could but um a lot of it was private labs and like i said trial and error and just doing it until it worked 
Gotcha. How'd you feel when it finally started working? It was like when I got like first results back from my snakes that I knew were het, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, it, it, this is it. Like, I, so then I had to send it to a real scientist because I'm like, am I right? This, this, this worked, right? They're like, yeah, no, it worked. You got DNA and it multiplied that specific location and it's showing it, it worked. And even that, like, there's different ways of doing, like, yellow belly has its own way of doing things, hypo has its own. So they're not all exactly the same. So yeah. it took time to master every single one of them. Gotcha. Um, and that's the thing. You don't want to announce that you could do a certain gene until you've, like, even in the beginning when I announced it, I wasn't doing yellow belly in the beginning. Even though I knew how to do it and I've done it for myself, I didn't master it yet. Like, they would, I would have to redo it a lot before I figured out how to get that working perfectly. So I didn't want to offer it. People would always ask me, can you do yellow belly? Can you do yellow belly? Yes, but I, I'm not offering it right now. If like you want to send me a shed, then I'll mess with it. But you know. what exactly is it doing like differently or like what exactly are the genes doing? Differently? Yeah. So yellow belly, for instance, it's that the thing that causes yellow belly is a deletion of of uh nucleotides pretty much so okay. most of them like albino clown if there is an if there's like t c g a is a normal but if it's a g it's a clown it's one location that just switches but in yellow belly it's a deletion of a certain amount of nucleotides that makes it so you have to after you do the normal piece dna extraction and the pcr you then have to use a restriction a restrictive enzyme and do a whole nother process with that. And it adds a lot of time onto the process and there's more room for error. So it. it took me a little while to exactly figure out the quantities of each reagent to go in. And, you know, there's a lot of messing around with, you know, uh, percentages and all that. Generally speaking, the folks who you reached out to for help, especially early on, were they generally accommodating or did you ever have anybody push back and say, Scram, I ain't got time for this. No, the scientists at the labs and stuff, I couldn't believe how accommodating they were. Nice. Like, they were just so shocked that when I would be talking to them for a few minutes and then I tell them, hey, wait, 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 can you slow down? Can you speak to me a little bit less technical? I'm not a scientist. They're like, <laughs> what? They're like, what do you mean you're not a scientist? I'm like, I'm not a scientist. I have no, I'm no doctor. I'm not, I'm like, I'm doing this on my own. You're, you're looking at me in my house right now. They're like, you're not at a lab. I'm like, no. And they were like, that's awesome. Let's help this guy. Like, they nice. actually, I was, uh, I was afraid it was going to be the other way that it was going to be like, who does this guy think he is trying to do what we went to college for and became doctors for, and he's just trying to do it on his own. Who does he think he is? But it was quite the opposite, actually. There was like, most, most people were really cool with me. Nice. That's what's up. That's yeah. pretty cool. So, you got what? 10 11 that you're testing for now i think it's like a dozen i think it's 12. A dozen. okay yeah and so how many uh sheds are you testing a week uh now probably a hundred a hundred a week nice nice maybe, maybe it, it really varies i'd have to look back and see the average but some weeks it could be 100 some weeks it could be 50 some weeks it'd be 40 some weeks 60. maybe i average probably 60 70. Okay. Okay. And about how, how much time does that take? Too much. Let's <laughs> <laughs> ask my wife. <laughs> um, no. So I, my day job, I normally work 
8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday to Friday. Okay. But that varies. You know, sometimes I'll uh, I'll be up late at you know working late at night or early in the morning and things get screwed up. But on an average week, I try to pick two two to three nights during the five nights a week where I spend like a couple hours in my my lab, aka my basement, doing shed testing. But since it is at home and there is some time between steps, like when the thermal cycler is doing its thing for two hours, where I could come up, hang out with the family and everything like that. But now that it's busy, while that two hours is going on, sometimes I'm already pre- prepping for the next batch that I'm going to do the next day. Um, so it's it's a few hours a night. Some nights I'm up till 12, 1, 2 in the morning doing it. Because if something messes up, I can't go to sleep without not without knowing that I actually could do it right, like without fixing the issue. Like I won't be able to sleep. So it'll be midnight. And I'll get results out. I'm like, oh my God, these didn't work right. What what I do? And like, oh, I remember what I did. I have to do it again now tonight. So now I'm up till two thirty in the morning doing it, and I have to get up at six thirty in the morning to go to work. You know. So, gotcha. but Somebody yeah. mentioned um, like your quick turnaround time um, in the chat earlier. So how quickly are you turning them around? So it depends. Um, like certain things like hypo, pie bulb, um, yellow belly. Um, candy now i could do at home um those ones i usually get done in within a few days sometimes like and it all depends like when the shed comes in what day of the week and what i'm doing that day so there's some days where i could i could stop in my p.o box on the way home from work get a stack of sheds go through them put them in the system and look what i'm doing that night like oh i have two spots open on this hypo run let me throw this guy's in there. And that guy gets his results that night. So the day I picked up the shed, he could have his results that night. Gotcha. But that's, it's, you know, it, it used to be a lot more like that. It's a little more rare now that people get their results the same day or even the next day. But I try to keep it as a max two weeks. That's always what I said of two weeks. I don't want it to go more than two weeks. Um, that's but, not bad at all. Yeah. So, but now, I was mentioned to you before. I'm at, uh, I'm trying out a new process with a, a lab that I use. So they're going to be doing more steps for me instead of me doing as much at home. They're going to take on a little bit of that. It cuts into my profit margin, and it takes a little bit more time because they have to now. I have to ship it to them, and they have to do it, and they're a lab. So if if you know they're not going to get it done the day they get it, but it's going to free up more time for me to do more research, to come up with more tests. Um, but I was specific with, with the lab. I said, listen, my thing is the turnaround time. I'm like, if you guys can't commit to this turnaround time I'm expecting and I give out, then I can't use you. And, you know, they gave me their word that they'll be able to do, you know, two weeks should be a maximum thing. Um, but it, even some like the ones I could do at home or once in a while, if, if somebody messaged me like, Hey, I really need this, um, by the weekend. So which tests are you outsourcing? Everything now, everything, not outsourcing, but like, so clown albino, most of the genes you have to send out to a lab anyway, for mm-hmm. sequencing. 
Okay. You know, so I'm just going to, I had them set up a whole special project for me so that they're doing more of the process. That's going to save me a little bit of a time at home. Okay. Gotcha. So, so they're going to do some more at the lab. It costs me more money to have them do that. And I'm not raising prices. So that just cuts into, you know, but still I'd rather, I'd rather have the time so that I could gain, get more tests out because everybody's always kicking. Can you get this? Can you? I can and I want to, and I have a lot of things that I want to do, but I can't, you know, the one problem with RGI is that they have one guy who's doing it all and he, they want to come up with all these tests, but then that hurts the people that are sending them the sheds. So that's why a few weeks ago, you know, Ben asked like, so what do you guys want? Do you want fast results or do you want more tests? Cause it's hard to juggle both. Yeah. You know, that makes uh, sense. and I'm, I'm just me. I, I'm, I can't afford to hire a scientist to work for me to do it, you know? So I have to figure out other ways so that I can continue to move forward and get more genes, get more tests, but at the same time, keep the prices the same and keep the turnaround time good. They won't be, you know, next day or in two, three days. Most of the time, sometimes they might, you know, sometimes I might not be busy and I can bang stuff out that night and maybe you'll get your results in two days, but it's going to be more like week to two weeks. Going gotcha. Um, so when you say more genes, more tests, do you mean like, um, like new genes that currently aren't available for testing or do you both, mean like you both. requiring both? Okay. Like, yeah. So, you know, it's hard. It'll be, it'd be hard for me to get any gene that they don't have already, you know, because the ones that people want is the ones they go for. So I'm not going to do, I'm not going to spend the time and the money to come up with a test for, you know, a gene that, you know, a handful of people have, because it's not, it's not a good investment. You know, I'm not going to make my money back on that. Um, but I, uh, you know, there's still genes that they have that I want. So I have to do it myself. Um, you know, because they spend money and time to find it. It's not like they're just going to give it to me. So I have to do the same thing they're doing to get them. Um, but so what know, is that? What does that process look like? Like so, to get them? So the way that we'll be doing it is say uh, monsoon is probably the first one I'm, I'm going to do. Um, say I get a bunch of visual monsoon sheds from a bunch of different people. Say I have 20, 30 sheds. I extract the DNA out of those sheds. Oh, was that me? Um, I extract the DNA out of those sheds. I send it to a lab and they do whole genome sequencing on those sheds. And then you have to do bioinformatics on that, which is basically IDing with where the difference is between the pool of those 20, 30 sheds that I sampled and then a normal, a normal uh, pole python. So you have to compare them and then find where these peaks are and then, you know, dive down into those peaks and do some tests, make some primers and figure it out that way. So it's, it's not easy and it costs a lot of money, you know? So yeah. at least for me, it costs a lot of money because I'm not a big lab or a big business that, you know, I could get discounts on anything or anything like that. You know, and So it, it definitely isn't cheap. So I have to be one sure that I, I know it's going to work because I don't want to dump thousands and thousands of dollars into something, which might happen. I could spend four or five thousand dollars and get nothing back. You know, 
Gotcha. You know, it's a risk. So I need you to do me a favor, bro. Mm -hmm. Like you said this like multiple times throughout the show, but like going forward from this point forward, don't ever say you're not a scientist. Because at this point, you're a scientist, bro. Because <laughs> the way you just broke it all down for us, like to where we can understand it. Yeah. You're a scientist, bro, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. But, you know, I, I have a lot of learning to do. And and that's the thing, too. A lot of times if I'm, I'm up late at night, not even testing, I'm just Googling and researching and watching videos and trying to learn more and more. Um, but, you know. So have you uh thought about like expanding like um like the business and like bringing more people in whether that's an employee or getting some like investors to back you stuff like that yeah even in especially in the beginning i was like all right maybe i should see if anybody wants to be an investor um but me not being a scientist i (laughs) (laughs) i didn't want to take people's money and not be able to deliver I just couldn't, I didn't have the heart to do like, you know, I didn't want to be like, Hey, give me 10 grand and I promise you, you know, you'll get your money back. And who knows? Maybe it never were. I just didn't, but I didn't need the money to do it. But now I've invested pretty much every dollar that I've made off of this right back into either the snakes or the genetic testing. Um, so I'm almost at the point now where I could start saving money. But still, it's just going to go right back into it because it costs money to pay for these tests. Um, yeah, I, I have. I've thought about it a lot, you know, getting uh, investors and and partnering up with somebody. And But it's, it's tough. You know, most of the big guys, big names in the business, they, you know, they, they're RGIs. They're the, they're the guys. They're, you know, I have no, they're, you know, they're the leaders in this. I have no problem saying that, you know, Ben is doing this for a lot longer than me, you know, and they have the money behind them. They have the big name behind them. It's, you know, it's tough, you know, I, I'm, is I'm there ever an opportunity? I'm not the person that's going to go out there and beg for help. Pretty much. If the opportunity arises and somebody comes up to me and said, Hey, listen, I, I got an idea. Let's, let's see if we could do this. I'm open. Send, send it my way. I just don't like asking people for money or asking people for help. Would they ever sell you like some of the information for some of the ones that you don't have that they don't? I doubt it. Um, It would be tough because it would either cost a a, a ton of money and probably not be worth it for me. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they're literally their only competition. And I'm not even competition for them, really. You know, they still have a hundred times more business than I have, you know, and it, it is what it is. So I don't even consider myself to be competition at this point with them. Um, but I don't think that I've talked to Ben. He's a nice guy. I've talked to him a couple times. You know, we're cool. Every, they're awesome, you know, but they they're just doing things differently than I am. And fortunately for me, people like how I'm doing it. So, um, you know, I try to stay in contact with every single person who does a test with me. I would say 90% of the people who place orders, I'm talking to them on Instagram before they ever even place an order. 
you know, gotcha. so get people comfortable and get them on there, get them on there, uh, keep them updated on the process. Got your shed today. Yeah. If, if you ask me a question, hey, is it going to be ready by this day? I'll do my best. You know, I'm doing this today, doing this tomorrow. Figure it out. Do you need it by this weekend? Yeah. All right. I'll take care of it. You know, I, I try my hardest to keep everybody happy. It's hard sometimes. Sometimes you just can't do it. But I don't, I, I like everybody to be happy. <laughs> uh, you know, so I have gotten rid of my other business. My other business was making signs and uh, CNC work and stuff like that. I've completely stopped doing that as of last week. So that is going to, that frees up some time for me. But, uh, you know, and then the problem is like my day job, like at, at any moment, my phone could ring right now and I could tell you, hey, I got to go and I have to leave, you know, so it, sometimes there's no choice. You know, if I could work four days straight and not come home, you know, if it could happen. And, gotcha. But still, I'm glued to this thing. So when people message me, I don't if I have the one or anything in my Instagram message thing. It drives me nuts. Got to check it out. If I yeah, see I clear the little red, has to be clear. I have to. I have to see. It. <laughs> so you know, if you don't hear from me within probably a half hour, either I'm sleeping, or some really crazies happen at work, or it didn't go through. You know, that's it. Otherwise, I'm at the dinner table. I'm checking it. My wife hates me for it, but <laughs> it is what it is. What are your thoughts on DG? Are these most um, recent developments? Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully Ben has it figured out. Uh, it looks like the DGC is, uh, if it's not V-Gene, it's a very good marker. Um, we gotta, we gotta check. Um, you know, we gotta see a little more data about making sure it's not calling things hats that aren't. I know it's calling the hats and the visuals properly, a hundred percent of the time. It seems like based on his last video. Um, but now we just got to see, make sure it's not calling non-hats, known to non-hats, hats, you know. So for his sake, for their company's sake, because I know they spend a ton of time and a ton of money on that, I hope it works out. And for everybody else, because it sucks sending your shed, spending the money and not really knowing if the result is 100% or, or 95%, you know. you know. Give me 90, 95% and I'll be happy, you know. Not... 50 60 70 80%. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh you know, so hopefully for them and everybody else that need DG tests that it, it does work out. Um and you know, it seems like the Canadian group might have figured it out as well. So so who exactly is the Canadian group? Like is it a It's a university group? in Canada. It's a university. That's why their stuff usually gets published. Mm -hmm. Um because they're a university, they're not a private organization. Um they have not published Clown and Cryptic yet and VPI Exantic, which from what I heard was supposed to be a long time ago, but things happen and it, it hasn't gone published yet. That's why I don't have VPI Exantic yet. He trade uh, Ben traded with them, so he got Cryptic and VPI Exantic from them for other genes, but I don't have any genes that they need yet. Um, so maybe when time comes when I do, you know, they'll be up for it. But uh, how did you get Clown? I bought clown from another scientist in Europe. Gotcha. So I'm not his competition, you know, so I've been working with him and uh, we're working on a few more things. So it's good to have 
somebody who's an actual scientist that I could throw things off of and know sure, that sure. I have somebody in my corner that is going to help me when I need it um, at all times, you know. So, yeah, it, it definitely it wasn't cheap, um, but it was well worth it. Um, I so. imagine clowns probably, if not your top, one yeah. of your top, it's the top, yeah. hands down. Clown, I would say clown, pied, hypo, probably that order. Maybe even hypo before pie. Um Yeah, I got some posset clown stuff to send you. Yeah, so mm, yeah, as soon as they shed. Yeah, and oh, ultramel, been getting a lot of ultramel lately. Um, people are, must be getting more into ultramel. In the beginning, I wasn't getting much ultramel, but now I'm getting a lot of ultramel. Um, so there's an ultramel like A and B. A and B, right? Yep. Yep. So A came out from Dr. Seidel, or B also from Dr. Seidel, but there was probably about a good year where we didn't have B. We were just testing for A. But in America, I would I think like 90-something percent are A. There are definitely some Bs out there, um, but Ben just actually had a video today talking about it as well. He got, he got something from Europe that he tested that was B. Um, I have yet to, to test a, somebody's Ultramel that turned out to be B, um so we'll see but uh we could do it they're they're compatible you read my mind i was about to go they're go compatible yeah okay mm -hmm. so you can basically have like a hit ultramil a hit ultramil b ultramil right working like clown and cryptic yep basically yep. okay okay nice yeah so i have some ultramil stuff to send you at some point too yeah, Ultramil, Clown, Hypo. Uh, you know, you got Pod? Yep. yep. You got Pod? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so Johnny, I saw that. No, I have not sent in any sheds to them, but I would. Like, I just got into Desert Ghost a little bit heavier this uh, last few months. So if I had to, I, I would. I have no problem sending them sheds at all. I I refer people to them when people come to me looking for stuff. I'm like, nope, go to, go to RGI. Here's their link. I want what's best for the, everybody. Do I want to be successful? Yes, 100%. But I'm not going to, you know, screw you over and be like, hey, I might have DG soon. Don't send it to them. No, send it to them. You know, I don't care. You know, or even like with panels, like I can't do a panel as cheap as them right now. They do their testing a different way. So if somebody comes to me and says, hey, can you do a panel for me? I say, listen, I could do, if you know a few genes that you want to get tested, I could do it and give you a good price. But if you want a whole panel, go use RGI. It'll be cheaper, and they have more genes. With the panel testing, how does that work? Like, they got to—I'm assuming like run every single one of the. No, so genes for me, that's that. how I would have to do it. I'd have to—I would extract DNA from your shed, uh -huh. and I could use that single extraction. So I don't have to extract different DNA every time. Then I would have to do twelve different tests using that DNA, and it's just not worth it because i'd have to charge you a lot more money than what they'll charge you for their panel and the gotcha. way they do it they use next generation sequencing and you have to make up different primers to use that way i'm working i have a lab that is helping me and they hopefully we get that all set up soon where i'll be able to run panels for very affordable price nice nice yeah. and that's the thing like that's the time i need the time to get on the phone with those people I, and you know, it's just hard when the second I get home, I'm running tests, you know. So uh, 
hopefully this new process I'm coming up with and a little tiny bit more patience from everybody. Like, like I, I said, I'm not, I'm not letting, I'm not going to wait, make you wait a month or two to get results. Never, you know, I, I hate it. I hate it. So it's just might take a little bit longer than normal. Nothing crazy though. Probably right. most people, most people are awesome though. And they get serious like, Hey, do you need this? Like anytime? Nah, they're growing up. I have, Whenever you get to it. You know. Do you have anybody that's ever like pushing and trying to rush you? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Not, a, not, not as much as the other people that are cool with it. There are definitely a couple times where people like message you every day. You get it yet? Get it yet? You get it yet? No. You know, <laughs> I'm doing my best, you know. Um, or something happened at the lab. Like, because that, that happens too. Sometimes you send your, PCR products to the lab and they'll run everything and then you'll get back a jumbled mess. And it's just something on their end that that went wrong. And I can't give you results from a jumbled chart. I need to give you results from a perfectly clean looking chart. So now I have to do it over again and send it out. So that could add another four or five days. You know, um, there's always things that can pop up that can make somebody's experience not as fun as somebody else's. Where is if I got your shed tonight and I'm running a hypo run and I get your results at 10 o'clock tonight, you're like, oh, my God, you just texted me and said that you got this shed. How would you give me results already? Um, but then there'll be people that are wait a week or two. But I do my absolute best, you know, to try to get everything done as quick as possible. Gotcha. You have thought about like I know time is uh a valuable commodity and it's also like a scarce commodity for you but you ever thought about doing like a youtube or something like that i have i've thought about it i just right now i can't you know i don't have the time um but i can't add anything else to my plate but i'm in the middle i have somebody redesigning my website and i have somebody like he's making a awesome database and streamlining a lot of different things just even through the website because a lot of my time is data entry um so i have somebody kind of automating a lot for me it costs me a decent amount of money to get this guy to do all this but it, that's going to be another time saving. yeah but it's also going to be a cool benefit for you guys because eventually i'm going to have it set up where you'll get text messages or, or emails every step of the way got your shed boom just cause sometimes i forget sometimes i'll get sheds in and I'll forget to tell you I got it. And then a week later, hey, did you get my shed up? Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to tell you. But now I'm going to have everything set up so it's like super professional, streamlined, awesome databases, and just top-notch. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. So that hopefully within a week or two, I should be in testing mode for the site. But then another thing I'm going to do is a lot of people have asked me about, you know, buying in bulk. I get people awesome discounts whenever they're buying in bulk, whether it's six sheds or whether it's a hundred sheds. I tr try to make it, you know, as cheap as possible for you. But I'm going to start doing a thing where now you could go in, set up an account on my website, and say you know you probably need maybe 50 sheds tested over the next few months. You could buy those 50 sheds at a discounted test at a discounted rate. And they'll just go in as credits on your account and you could redeem them whenever you want for whatever gene you want tested. So you don't have to be like, all right, I think I need five pies, 20 clowns. No, you're just going to buy 50. 
and when certain snakes shed or a clutch comes out and you're like oh i need to do eight ultra mills all right i got credits boom enter send me the sheds and it just takes it off so it'll be there'll be levels it'll be like zero to nine ten to 20 you know 20 and up 30 40 i'll try to make as many steps as i can you know if you're a big breeder and, and you want to buy 500 buy 500 you know i'll give nice. you an awesome price you know nice this is a great question um too is actually uh something i want to ask about so break break down for like those who've never like sent in a shed or anything like mm -hmm. how do they prepare their shed what's like best practice what are do's and don'ts and right. stuff like that yeah so that's like that's a huge thing um because a lot of how you prepare it depends on how successful i'll be so if you get if you know that you have a snake that you want to get tested obviously you know when it's going to shed pay attention you know when it's going to go into shed because you want to get that shed out as soon as you can um and then once you get it out unroll it don't leave it in a crumpled ball i say it every single time i'm on a show but it i still get crumpled balls of poop um or wet sheds let me get i have this one hung up here so just nice open clean and then you don't have to send me the whole thing just rip a piece like that throw it in an envelope and send me uh, if you want to send me the whole thing i don't care send me the whole thing but if just as clean as it could be it doesn't have to be super clean but try not to have it sitting like this in the tub get humid as hell and it you know grows bacteria degrades the dna and makes it harder or impossible for me to get dna out of so like this this is a hatchling shed i just took out today i don't need to test it so i didn't unroll it but don't leave it like that you know don't leave it like this take it unroll it even if you can't unroll it all throw that part away and just keep that flat either hang it on your your rack with a magnet or something or lay it on the ground flat let it sit for a good day or two nice and dry you want to hear it crinkle um and then you could throw it in a ziploc bag um when you throw it in the bag just i ask for your name your company name if you have one because sometimes i get names and I, like i said i like to reach out to people on instagram i'll spend an hour trying to find the person uh their instagram account you know just because i like to message you directly not just send an email because not everybody checks their email all the time so uh your name your company name the genetics of the snake you don't necessarily need the genetics of the snake but and if you don't put the genetics of the snake then put whatever the number for the snake is like 23-7-6 you know or whatever some type of identifier on that shed especially if you're doing multiples so that when i come back to you i say 23-7-6 is het for eyeball. 23-6-9 is not. You know, and then you have most people when they send me like 20, 30 plus sheds at a time, they'll make their own spreadsheet and just label everything one to thirty and send it to me with a number on it. And that's all yeah. I need. Because I'll just tell you number four is this, number seven is this, number ten is that. And then you just look back at your spreadsheet and you see what you got. Um but names, names are the biggest thing. Like, cause sometimes I'll open envelopes and I'll throw the envelope away and I'll be like, oh shoot, 
the person didn't put their name on the ship. And I'll have to go back, find the envelope. Oh, okay, this is who it is. You know, just think, or in the test, the test that's needed. Yes, I can go back and look and see what you ordered. It just takes more time. And it it's easy for you just to write test for hypo, test for head hypo, test for clown, whatever. Um, that's it. You know, it doesn't have to be crazy. Some people are awesome. Some people like print out, you know, labels and put them on there, like index cards in there. Like, great. Nice. You know, love that. that. If you put a sticker on it with everything that you need going on there, ah, it makes my life so much easier. But I'll never ask anybody to do any of that. Whatever you do, you do. Just as long as you have an identifier on it and your name, we're good. The nice. more you put on there, the better. Nice. Love. And we're going to take a real quick break uh, to play the sponsor video. We'll be right back. Come back and chat some more. Peace and love, family. We invite you into the heart of our serenity, Ancestral Royal Pythons. At Ancestral Royal Pythons, we're not just breeders, we're nurturers of love and growth. Each of our high-end ball pythons is a tribute to the grandeur of the natural world and our dedication to quality. Reach out today and bring one of our creations into your home. This is Ancestral Royal Pythons. Your journey begins here. Here's to the exciting world of ebony and ivory reptiles. From unforgettable parties and events to keeping and hatching some of the dopest reptiles in the reptile hobby. We're all about education, quality, integrity, and respect. Hit us up and see how we can help make your next project a reality. Experience Ebony and Ivory Reptiles, where fascination meets fun. Ebony and Ivory Reptiles. Appreciate it. Appreciate the sponsors. Shout out to Jason. Shout out to Matt. Those are some professional ass videos, man. Whenever I see that, I'm like, man, they did a good job. <laughs> I appreciate it, bro. Appreciate and it. And Zach, every day is a Black Friday sale, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, I might do something Black Friday. I might do something a little different. Um, I got to figure it out. But I always give like discounts to people you know, when they're sending in a few sheds and everything like that. So it's hard for me to give monster discounts because I'm already very, very low on the price. I I keep my margin very small right now, and I want to keep it that way. Um, and that's get, to get back to what you said about investors. I was talking to somebody probably about six months ago about it, and I don't to, – for them to get their cut just adds more money. I have to make the prices high. I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to raise prices ever. You know, I want them to stay the same or be lower. So, you know, I want to be able to give somebody discounts when they're sending me in seven sheds. You know, seven sheds is it's, it's a lot of sheds for some people. You know, that's a lot of money, you know. So but to me, seven sheds isn't a lot. But to you. It, it is, you know, $50 a piece, that's 350 bucks. You know, that, that could be a snake for somebody, you know. So I try my hardest to to give people, uh, you know, discounts whenever I can. Um, but, you know, so it, for me to just do like a huge sale, I might. I might, especially once things slow down some point sometimes and I'm not as busy, like, all right, let's go here. 20% off, let's do it. 
you know, I just can't tell when that's going to be because right now it, my PO box is full every day. So um, it's just yeah. tough. Uh, and I, I definitely want to take care of people, especially when they're doing a lot, because I know that's a lot of money. Um, and I appreciate everybody who sends me their sheds. It's like, I can't believe it. Like it, it when I open that PO box and I see it's stuffed and then there's a key in there because the guy had to put more of them in a bigger box <laughs> to get it. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, damn it. Then I'm like, what do you, the, all these people are trusting you with this. Like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of time. And sometimes it's a lot of headaches, but, you know, I'm trying to, to make it available for everyone. You know, if you have a couple of snakes and it's really not worth you to spend 50, 60 bucks to get something tested, but you really want to, and if you got to pay me off 10 bucks a week, I'll do it. whatever, you know, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell anybody. No, it's hard. I, I'm very bad at telling people no. Um, but, uh, you know, I try to work with everyone. I don't want it to be just, if you're a big breeder, if you have a lot of money and you could call me up on the side and be like, Charlie, I'm going to send you a hundred sheds tonight. Can you get them done before everybody? No, sorry. It's not happening. No, Respect, bro. if you send me two sheds and they come in before the hundred, yours are getting done first. Sorry, right. I do them as they come in. Sometimes, yes, if I have a, a run, I try to try to do certain tests this at the same time. Because once you start doing multiples in one night, it leads to more mistakes that could happen. You know, so I try to do. So if I'm doing a big lavender run, the other night I did a lot of lavender. And somebody just had sent me one and it was brand new, but somebody else had a hypo waiting. Their lavender is going to get done before that hypo because I happen to be doing it and I have a spot for it in the machine. So, I, you know, it, it that makes sense. Things, things like that. Yeah. You'll, some people will jump in front of others. It all depends on what I'm doing the day that I get your shit. That makes perfect sense. Perfect yeah. sense. So kind of like thinking back to the beginning from a business perspective, is there anything that you would have done differently if you had it all to do over again? Or I probably would have bought better equipment first time around because I very, very soon after I had to upgrade, um, I just really didn't expect for it to, I guess, I guess, no, I, sh I, I can't say I would do it different because I didn't know that this was going to happen. I didn't know that it was, I was going to be on your show. I didn't know that some of the biggest breeders in the game would have my cell phone number now. I'm nobody. I have 40 snakes here, you know, and then not, there's not 40 monsoons in there, you know? So, but now I, I, that's the coolest thing about it is talking to all these people that have been doing this for a long time and have such insight. And, you know, I've got to meet so many people that know who I am now. It's like, wow. You know, so, there's not really much I would change in the, from the beginning um, because you know I really didn't expect it to be this way. Um, and then there's times even that I was like, you know what? I don't want, I don't care. I'm not going to spend the money and find any more genes. I'm just going to sit back and people will always need some of the tests I have and just make this a very small thing. But then at the same time, when I have everybody saying, we love you, your service, we love everything it motivates me to do more, you know? So I appreciate anytime somebody compliments me or 
anything like that. Um, it definitely pushes me and makes me want to do better and continue growing and uh, keeping up the service and the customer service and everything like that. That's my main thing. I don't ever want to have to ignore somebody because I'm this. Um, nice. Because I, I hate that. I hate when I message somebody or I message a company that I'm buying something from or somebody I just sent money to and they don't get back to me. That, that gets me upset. So I can't do that to you. If you're sending me your money and you're trusting me to test your shed and you send me a message, I'm answering. That's it. Mike said that you were the popular kid at Tinley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely i lost my voice the first day it was fun you lost your voice the first yeah, day yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my voice was all cracking the second day so uh what were people saying to you when they came up to you and and was it kind of surreal for you like when people yeah recognized yeah you? no 100 it was it was definitely like weird like i recognized i mean because i watch a lot of youtube and i you know i'm always you know watch so i know what most people look like and everything so people i see i'm not out there as much yeah i've been on a lot of shows but you know people don't necessarily know my face but you know they'll see my shirt somebody like hey is that are you gray rider reptiles yeah oh hey what's up i sent you a shed da, da, da. It's like, oh, <laughs> awesome. like you know that's cool um so it, it's uh it was definitely fun you know even like ben from rgi he grabbed me i was walking by he, he grabbed me you know say what's up i was like oh this is cool you know nice um but yeah it was definitely fun and you know i think it was good for people to get to know me more as like a person and talking and not being a real scientist helps honestly because i can one explain things a little bit different than somebody who does this as their career you know because I know even for me, when people are explaining things to me now, still, I'm like, slow down. <laughs> I kind of understand what you're saying, but I got a few questions to ask. You, know? you did a good job breaking it down. Like when you were talking about like the yeah. the process and the yeah. scientific elements, you did a real good job, like slowing it down, breaking it down and explaining it in a way that like a person like myself who has zero experience in that space can understand it. So kudos. Right. Thanks. But, uh, <laughs> yeah you are pretty dumb mike you make cool snakes though so you got to pass nice uh, <laughs> i was just checking out that comment there so uh you talked about upgrading the website um having like a different kind of like database and tracking and automating some messaging and like outsourcing certain parts of the process mm -hmm. what else are some new things that you're kind of like maybe haven't fully committed to or you're thinking through or maybe some stuff that you have kind of fully committed to doing like in the near future one thing that i always throw out out in my head is like some type of thing like a patreon or something where it wouldn't be cheap but you could get either a crazy discount or X amount of shed tests every month. Um, but also have, you know, things like this face to faces all the time, whenever. And, but the thing I can't figure out though, is how am I going to stop people from just taking all their friends sheds and send them to me as well? You know, um, 
I would love to have like a little, and at one point I got so busy and frustrated because I, I had no time and things were like just getting nuts that I was like, maybe I'll just say, Hey, listen, I'm only going to take on 20, 20 customers and that's it. And big customers and just do, but then that defeats everything that I'm about. Like, I don't want to do that. So, but so if you, if you were going to give them like some free shares as part of their Patreon membership, yeah, what if so it would be like a specific number. Yeah. It would either be like, it would all, that's the thing. I'd have to come up with a price that people would be willing to pay. But, and then an X amount of sheds that they could do per month or per year. Um, or just a discount on whatever they do, like a big discount. Um, so one, I guarantee myself getting X amount of dollars a month. But then the thing is like, you know, you get somebody who joins your Patreon that has a thousand animals, yeah. I, then I could easily just run myself right to the ground. Um, you know, so there has to be some type of cap, but I don't, I don't know. So that's one thing I always throw around in my head. Like, what can I do to, make it a little bit different like the experience is what i want to to make people like because that was a big thing a lot of people especially in the beginning were um not believers in genetic testing and were skeptical about it and i want to make people like have the best experience they can with it. it like i had one guy who was like dude i'm really nervous about sending sheds in Cause what if you don't get DNA out of them? You know, I've had these, some of these sheds sitting here for a little while, or, you know, I keep my snakes really, my hatchlings really wet. So they get awesome sheds and I, I don't want to send you all this, spend all this money and you not be able to get DNA. I said, well, I retest your sheds for free until I get DNA. I said, you send me a shed and I don't get DNA out of it. Cause luckily that's the first step is I'll know if I get DNA or not after the second step, I'll know if I get DNA or not. If I don't, I'm not spending the money on sending it out to get sequenced because I right. know I didn't get DNA. So, yes, I'm going to lose out on a few dollars in reagents and consumables to retest that, but I'm going to. I'm going to retest it. I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, not going to be like, hey, sorry, bud, you screwed up. You, did, you sent me a shed that was a little too wet and I didn't get DNA out of it. Let's put another order in next week. No. I, I do it until I take care of your customers. And he was like, wow, that just put me at so much at ease. And he sent me 25 sheds and he's like, I have probably a hundred more to send you. So let's go. You know, and he's like, I give him the results. He's like, you've made this experience so awesome and relieve me. And I'm saving so much time now, not holding all these back because he was holding everything back. He wasn't testing anything. And He's like, I wish I talked to you a year ago, you know, just ease people's minds on things. Like, I'm not here to take your money and just leave you hanging. That's not how it goes. And would you say, generally speaking, like when people get something tested to see if it's like hit and it's not hit, they may be disappointed, but are they relieved? At least now they know and so they can conduct themselves accordingly. I hate giving negative results. I, I always tell people, hey, sorry, you know. Hey, it's not your fault. And ninety, everybody is like, dude, it ain't your fault. Thank you. You know, and now I know. You know, of course, you people will be mad, but they're not mad at me. You know, I, I can't change what their snake is. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> but uh, but it's like, um, 
they are. Every people are like, you know, man, this sucks, but thank you. You know, now I know I could sell this snake, or I don't have to keep this and feed it for another year and a half until it breeds. You know, so. Uh, Is anybody yeah. like when you gave them a negative test? Did anybody ever doubt the results? Yes. And what and do you I've, do? In I've retested for them. multiple times. I've done it for one person because okay. they swore that their snake was something, and I said. <laughs> I'll pay for you to send it to RGI just so that you could show that it's not. Did they, you know, did they take they it? Didn't, they didn't take, they, they wound up believing me on it, but you know, if you're really, really doubtful, I'll do it again. I'll eat the money. Just, I want you to be happy. And even sometimes people get real crappy odds. Like if I'm testing, if you send me eight 50% hep pies and I test all eight of them and they all eight come back negative, it happens. It can, it can happen. happen. But I usually do it again just because I want to make sure that I didn't screw something up. But I'll put a known hat in there. So I'll know my test works, but I still, those odds aren't good. So I like to re, if somebody sends me eight, 10 sheds and they all come back, or only one comes back, like, all right, listen, let me, give me a few days. I'll, I'll retest him for you for free just to ease my mind and his mind that, and I've never had it where it comes back any different, but it's still just a peace of mind for peace me and my customer. For sure. For sure. Cool, man. So uh, we're getting close to the end here, but before we get out of here, I do have some wrap up questions for you. Yeah, sure. like totally random questions for the most part. So the first one is if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Um, probably I've been to Spain and Spain was awesome. I could live in Spain or Ireland. I drove around Ireland once and there's some really cool places to live out there. Um, but me and my wife always talk about that. Like, oh, if I retired, maybe we get a house in another country or something and spend some time there. But I really like Barcelona. Barcelona was cool. Oh, nice. Um, a couple places around Barcelona we saw were really nice. So, yeah, I would say probably somewhere in Spain. Nice. And so this next one, I kind of feel like I know at least a little bit of how you potentially answer this one. But if you won $10 million, how would you use it? Um, I would retire from my day job. I would pay somebody to do all my snake stuff. And not I would not clean a single rat ever in my life. <laughs> rat tub. Rat sucks sometimes. And honestly, if I had that that much money, I'd probably I'd retire and I'd have to build either this business up or another business up. I'm old, but I'm not that old. And uh, you know, I you want to keep earning money with that ten million dollars. So I'd probably hire somebody way smarter than me to help me with this genetic testing stuff and just come up with some crazy, crazy shit. Um just like just try to get like top like technology and the way things come out like just interests me so much like i don't know where this is going to go i don't know my testing type of testing might be obsolete in a few years they might somebody might come up with something where you dip a shed in a freaking a reagent and it just pops out on a computer and says this is what your snake is you know i don't know 
based on what I know about science, is probably not going to happen anytime soon. But you don't know. It, it's it's crazy. So I, I like to be on the cutting edge of technology with everything. So uh, that's kind of how I would invest some money. Then I would invest other money. Buy some cool snakes. That would be investment snakes. But I wouldn't go crazy. Yeah, like some people are like, oh, I'd have a huge facility. No. I'm going on vacations. <laughs> no, no way, man. I'll find some sweet cars and taking vacations and that's it. I'll have some snakes, but I'm not, I'm not buying a Canova facility. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I figured you would say that you're going to invest in your businesses. So I, I guessed right on that one. <laughs> so uh, the last random question, if you could have dinner with any three people dead or alive, who would it be and why? Um, my brother-in-law who died a few years back, I would have dinner with him. But then I, like, Einstein, some crazy smart scientist or inventor that came up with something years and years and years ago before you could ever research anything online or anything like that. Because that always that's what always blows my mind and drives me to figure things out is how did this guy figure out that voices could go over a wire across the country you know or whatever you know just the craziest things like how does tv work from through an antenna like satellite where's the video how come i can't see like somebody really 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 smart figured that out and i would love to sit down with somebody like that like tell me how did that come out like where did that come from you know it's we have it easy now. We have it so easy. It's so everything, you need, everything you need is right here. Like, I, look at me. I'm not a scientist. I figured <laughs> this out. I could have figured it out from right here. You know, we just, you have to have the, like, the motivation and the desire to learn more, which luckily that has not, like, faded away with me. Um so I always like to figure things out and we can now, like we're spoiled, you know, I don't pay anybody to do anything because I could figure it out from a YouTube video, you know, you know, just taking a chance and realizing that everybody is human and the guy that you're paying to do your pipes or install your air conditioning system, probably not that much smarter than you if he is at all. He just learned it from somewhere and now we could all learn it. So. But uh, yeah, like a science, like Albert Einstein or something like that would be cool. And then um, let's see, who else? Um, Jesus. Is that can I say Jesus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think whether whether you believe or not, I just I would, I would want to be like, dude. All right. Did you really do these miracles? Like, is this like legit or is this like, tell me, I want to know, is this Bible real? Like what's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, like definitely uh, top three answers uh, in terms of like who people say when I ask this question Yeah, and it's funny. Um, like I didn't know cause I got slightly distracted because like Chris typed, I don't know if he typed Jesus or if he typed Jesus. Because Jesus was in the chat earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and it came up like right as you said it. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be cool. Like, be like, hey, tell me about this. Like, how, like, what went on? Like, 
Nice, nice, bro. Did you walk on water, or is that just BS that I read <laughs> in the Bible? You know, go on, let me know. Hey, how did you do it? Because I got to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was perfect timing. Like, as soon as you said it, it popped up. It, I was like, what? <laughs> did you type it? Yeah. Oh, no, that's Chris. <laughs> Nice man. So it's been it's been dope, man. It's been a, a really good episode. Yeah, lots of gems dropped, lots of great information, man. Um definitely can't wait to go back and, and rewatch this, re-listen to it, man. Um really appreciate you coming out tonight. Um, is there anything you want to tell folks uh before we get out of here tonight? Yeah, no, just look forward with hopefully the next few weeks. I'll have some updates coming on the website. Um shedtesting.com. If you ever need me for anything, just reach out. Instagram is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, Gray Rider Reptiles on Instagram. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate everybody. And like I said before, the all the kind words and everything really keeps me motivated to keep pushing forward, especially times where I'm exhausted and, you know, my family is mad at me for not being around as much. Um, but then when I get somebody that just thanks me for, negative or positive result and be like hey this was great thank you all right let's let's keep doing this you know let's figure this out nice nice work it out and i tell my wife i'm like listen i'm trying to figure it out let me i'm i'm working things out soon enough it'll be i'll have more time (laughs) but right now i don't shout out to the wife because we can't do anything she's the best like she takes care of our three-year-old uh, who's a handful who who he loves the snakes he loves the dna testing like he'll see me going to the basement be like daddy you doing he says da you doing da <laughs> yeah i gotta go do da and he'll come down i'll give him some old tubes or something and some old sheds and like he'll just mess around with it in the corner uh you know and he'll hold every snake in here you know he's awesome so uh but as most of you know, even though they want to do all that with you, it's great. It, it does slow you down. Um, the scientists in the making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been an amazing episode, man. I know everybody enjoyed it. I know everybody uh, learned a lot, man. I appreciate everybody coming through. I appreciate y'all showing love. Appreciate the support. Shout out to the replay game. Shout out to the audio only game. Everybody, if you haven't hit that like button, definitely hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and hook smash that notification bell. And make sure that you are following Gray Rider Reptiles everywhere. Go check them out, shedtesting.com. I got all the links in the description of this video. So definitely go uh, check this out. Uh, can you hang, hang back for a couple minutes? Got it. Cool. Everybody else, man, we're going to get out of here. Thank y'all for coming out. Be blessed. Peace.